Monday, uh, December 5th, and I'm going solo, going solo, <laughs> trying to sing a, that Who song, going mobile, but go, look at me, I'm going solo. Anyway, what are you guys doing? It is a solo episode today because I've been traveling like crazy, and uh yeah, man. I just thought, well, fuck it. I'll sit down and shoot the shit. So much stuff going on out in the world. And, uh, and then get back to the guest here in a few weeks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Did you check out the grail? I had the grail on with Josh Rosenberg. And uh, we dug into uh, some safe talk. All things about safes. Yes, I know you're like, what the fuck is that? Well, tune in. It's fucking great. Because uh, people, you know, they don't realize they need a safe until it's too late. House fire, robbery, whatever. Not just for, like, expensive shit, but, like, uh, passports and car uh, pink slips, photos. Man, your passport gets burned up or your car pink slip. It is a goddamn nightmare. You know, you got to go to some government building and just, oh, just, just throw a day away. Throw a day away. Yeah, I'm at the DMV. Uh, lost my pink slip. Okay, sir, grab a number and you grab like number 317. And they're on like 17. You got 300 people ahead of you. And then you get there finally to the window four hours later. And the lady's like, sir, you don't have the proper paperwork. And then you're just fucked. Anyway, so that's on the uh, grail. Josh Rosenberg from the Dean Safe Company. Check it out if you haven't checked it out. It was fun talking to him. He uh, does a little comedy. Loves movies, so we, we go all over the place on that, which it was fun. I love doing the grail. I love doing this podcast. It's a lot of work. And you, uh, you know, you, you look at it and you go, oh, shit. I've been doing this thing for 11 years. So thanks for tuning in every week. Let's get into some of the shit today. Big, big topic. Out of nowhere. Metallica. Drops a new song, uh, news about a new record, and a new tour. Luxie Turner. Fucking great song. Uh, it's got the total hit the lights vibe at the front. And even uh, some hit the lights kind of uh, guitar tones. And then, uh, you know, modern Hetfield voice. It's, you know, these guys, I think they're, you know, uh, Kirk just turned 60. What a what a what a great song, man! These guys, they just sneak a record they, during COVID. I was uh, saw uh, Lars on on Howard Stern. He was saying like, I can't believe it didn't get leaked out. Man, I'm I'm I, I hear you on that. You know, I can't. I mean, I knew there was a new record going on, but it was just seems like they were working on it for a few years. So. 
how were they doing it was just kind of like a couple weekends we work on it and then we go tour and then we come back maybe work on some more you know because this thing took a long time but uh pretty excited about it do not like the artwork i'm going to be honest i think the artwork is uh goofy but i love this band and that's why i always keep it real i keep it real man I don't, I don't book kiss no way. I keep it real. I don't like load and reload. I keep it real. <laughs> this is good. This, this song sounds great. And uh, looking forward to the tour is going to be amazing. These guys are doing it right. They go out. They play two shows in every town. And they do two totally different set lists. That is exactly what i've been saying bands should do and there's uh, a few bands out there that do it black crows have done it for years of course dead and company grateful dead all those uh jammy bands do it but uh all the other bands they just kind of stick to the same bogus set list every night so why see them two nights in a row you know you go and you go uh even um rage against the machine man they were doing some cool shit they were weaving in different songs every night that were like songs they hadn't played maybe ever or years of course they haven't played in years but you know what i mean they were keeping it fresh it kept me going back to setlist.com all the time oh fuck they played rolling down rodeo so metallica doing it right when i opened for them which by the way uh in two weeks will be one year ago which is just insane but they did the two separate set lists for the 40-year anniversary, and they did a song or two from every album, and they, the first night they did it from Kill 'Em All all the way to the last record, and then the second night they went last record back to Kill 'Em All, uh, and different songs every night. It was just, that's how you do it. And that's, you know, if you're a band and you've been a band for 41 years like Metallica, that's how you should be doing it because it keeps you alive and fresh and your brain constantly, uh, you know, has to work. You can't get into autopilot every night. You're like, fuck, what songs are we going to play? And, you know, what it, what it, this band is just great. That's all there is to it. Metallica is in the top five of all time. Just, just 41 years crushing it. And uh, congrats on the new record coming out. And they, you know, they got the tour, too, with different opener bands each night. So Pantera's doing some of them. The Pantera Reunion. I want to, uh, I want to fix that. The Pantera Reunion. And uh, a bunch of other bands are on it. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Chris Kale's band. Five Finger Death Punch. It was a good fucking uh, good gig for those guys. Metal Ganza, I think they're doing two nights at the SoFi giant football stadium. Imagine you're a band 41 years, they're like, yeah, so let's just drop the tour here. We'll do some football stadiums and uh, sell about maybe 70 million shirts. <laughs> Man, I got the hoodie from the 40 year. I, I wear that thing all the time. I just love the artwork on it. Metallica always has some great, great merch. Going back to the Pusshead days, I love all that Pusshead art. The uh, 
the t-shirts, the skateboards, all of that. Which, by the way, I got my Merciful Fate Melissa skateboard. Getting ready to hang that up. Pretty fucking cool. Put a, put a skateboard up of the Melissa artwork. I, part of me wants to like uh, put it together and, and go skate around. Break some bones at, uh, what, 57? I'll be 57 in a couple months. Break a couple bones. Skateboarding. God, I love watching those skateboarders uh, on Instagram just eating shit. There's so many eat shit videos on Instagram. They're like addicting. Car crashes, motorcycle wheelie crashes, skateboard crashes. And a lot of the skateboard crashes always entail smashing your nuts, which does not look appealing to me. Oh, my God. You see them and you're just like, oh, oh, man. Uh, shout out to everybody that came out to the shows out there in uh, Philly. I thought it was in Philly, but it turned out it was like in the Philly suburbs uh, Pottstown. I kept calling it Pottsmouth, Potsy, <laughs> Potsy, little happy days, Pottsmouth. You know, it's like 40 miles from um, Philly, and it's just straight up kind of like, I couldn't even really tell you where I was. It was one of those towns. I, was, I looked it up. And it uh, was established in 1752. And uh, it's, it's really, it, was, it felt like I was in no man's land. It's uh, south of Allentown, which, by the way, I uh, re-listened to the, uh, to the Billy Joel song, Allentown. And it doesn't hold up. It's, it's really, uh, <laughs> you listen to it, you go, oh, wow, this was a hit at one time. Anyway, Potts Mouth, no, Potts Town. I'm <laughs> still calling it the wrong town. It's so weird when you travel and you're just in places and you're like, where are we? The guy told me to fly into Newark. He goes, I'll pick you up at the Newark airport. It's like an hour away. It wasn't. It was two hours. <laughs> but uh, I want to give Joel a shout out. Soul Joel's great, great. Uh, it was a great couple nights of comedy. And Joel just does it right. And the audiences were good. Small. Still trying to get people out to my shows. Uh, I was supposed to do a Thursday night. There was only one ticket sold, so we canceled it. Uh, just being honest with you guys out there. I'm not one of those guys, dude, I'm blowing up. I'm letting you guys know so you don't go like, I mean, you're famous, you know. Like, fuck, it's got to be happening. Nah, nah. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I mean, it does matter because I want to keep doing this and I want the, the bookers to book me. But I'm not doing it for fame. I just do it because I love doing it. And I want people in there. I love fucking making them laugh. So, you know, we, uh, as they say in Little League, we'll get them next time. <laughs> if there is a next time. But thanks to everybody that came out. And uh, thank you, Joe, for having me. Excellent, excellent guy, that, that Joel. And Pottstown. Uh, oh, wait, I was going to read you a little history on Pottstown. Pottstown is the center of a productive farming and dairy region. Like, what the fuck, right? 
Uh, what's the population? Uh, I think it was like 23,000. 23,600 population. Super old architecture. All of the houses were really, um, they were pretty good size, but just old. Kind of that Amityville horror house looking, you know? And uh, cool people, though. Couldn't really tell uh, where they were on the uh, religious and political uh, spectrum, which is perfect. I was just in there lashing out, having some fun. So thanks for coming out, anybody that was out there. And uh, next gigs will be this week. I'll be in Boise, Idaho with Bill Burr and Salt Lake City. Going to see my buddy Jeff Decker out there. Looking forward to seeing him. And Colorado Springs. That will be the last of the Bill Burr dates for the year. Looking forward to hanging with him. Have not seen him in over a month. No, I haven't seen him in three months. What am I talking about? I was on the Marcus King tour for two months. I didn't see him then. So that'll be happening coming up this week. Be nice to do uh, some big shows and have some fun. Um... What are we getting into? I'll tell you what we're getting into. Uh, R.I.P. Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. My God. 79. Just, uh, just out of nowhere, right? That's what it just seems like when people die. You're like, wait a minute. She had a, 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 like a illness and just died pretty quick. And it's just sad. She was so fucking good. So good, man. Crazy to think about that band, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac is just unbelievable. All the eras. The Peter Green era and then the Super Hits era. What a, I mean, what a band. It's, it's bizarre to think about how, how they had that whole Peter Green era, of course, and they're like the blues band, you know? And then they just become the FM dial gods. Them, Steely Dan, and the Eagles. Just FM dial kings and Boston. Those are the four that just have tons of hits. But really, the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac. And, you know, you, of course, you got uh, Stevie Nicks. But, man, did I always love... Christine McVie, you know, just, uh, she said that she didn't know how to write any songs that didn't have a hook. She, you know, people called her the hook queen, which I will uh, agree with, man. Her, her songwriting skills and her singing, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, it's almost like, uh, I love Carole King Tapestry. It's almost like she was... Uh, you know, grew up in that Carole King singer-songwriter tapestry and then just ignited her own vibe from that. Unbelievable, man. It just, her songwriting is just crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy. And then, uh, you know, that whole thing of uh, being married to John McVie and then Stevie... And they're all married to each other. They're fucking and, and doing blow. And I mean, this, this band's way more outlaw than any kind of metal bands. They're just all crazy. 
And then they all get divorced and break up and shit and cheat on each other. And then write one of the biggest records of all time, Rumors. Just crazy, man. Just absolutely crazy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. During the production of Rumors, she had an affair with Fleetwood Mac's lighting engineer, Curry Grant, which inspired the song, You Make Love and Fun. I love these guys. They're just fucking everyone. <laughs> They're fucking, hey, let's fuck some crew dudes. Like, where's your husband? You're in a band with your husband. You're on tour. You know, there's only two places you could kind of be, like, or three, your hotel, backstage, or on stage. How's that even going down? Is the lighting guy like, hey, I saw you uh, checking me out. You, uh, you want to meet real quick over here? I mean, <laughs> it's just nuts. Oh, my God, they got to make a documentary. Not a documentary. They got to make one of those, those biofilms, a film where people, you know, act it out and show just how crazy that shit was. Christine McVie, what a just... Fantastic musician. It's uh, it's sad, man, but holy smokes. Can you imagine you write an album like Rumors? I mean, it's just insane. The whole thing is hits, you know? But man, do I love some of that Fleetwood Mac Rumors. I love Tusk. Tusk is underrated. Tusk is their Eagles long run. Eagle's long run record is so fucking good. And Tusk is killer too. Just a crazy era for the band. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham is just, how great is that guy? Of course, he's not in the band now, which, which sucks. And uh, my buddy Arbano is playing drums in his uh, solo band. But look at Rumors. Drops in 1977, all right, and just smokes the radio dial. Dreams, Cold Dust Woman, Don't Stop, Go Your Own Way, Songbird, The Chain. Oh, God, I love The Chain. Oh, man, this is a, a masterpiece record, 100%. Um, also, I'll tell you, the, uh, Say You Love Me is, uh, by far my favorite Christine McVie song. Say You Love Me is so great. It is a classic, classic song. Anyway, we're going to miss you, girl, but we've got your music and, you know, you, uh, are, you know, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You are a legend and uh, thank you for all of the music you made and, and going out there like a soldier. Just, you know, all of your life just out there on the stage. Great. I'll tell you what's great is I watched the Neil Young Harvest Time documentary last night. Harvest Time is basically, from what I read, was uh, footage that Neil had shot during the, uh, the recording of Harvest. And, man, this thing's cool. It's, it's like you're a fly on the wall, 
and uh, who knew at the time that Harvest would be one of the greatest records of all time, right? So you get to see this. And uh, by the way, they put a 50-year anniversary edition of Harvest out. Uh, it dropped in February 1st, 1972, a couple days before my birthday. But, uh, man, this film is so cool to see the footage of, of Neil just putting these songs together. It's unreal, man. It really is. You got to think, he's in Buffalo Springfield. He breaks off from that. Then he's playing in Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Then they all decide to kind of take a little break. He's going to go solo and uh, starts working on some uh, songs. It's crazy. It really is crazy. And to watch these guys play in his band, the Stray Gators. You know, I always thought that Nils also played on this one. I just uh, had kind of lost track. But he, he didn't play on this one. And the dudes playing on it are unreal. The bass player and the drummer just blow my mind. He, he basically uh, meets these guys after he does the Johnny Cash show out in Nashville. They go back to a studio and do some partying, do a little recording. And that's kind of the, uh, the ground zero of Harvest. Then they, you know, they pick it back up out there at his barn out there in Northern California. It's, it's wild to see how big his property is out there. Sprawling for miles. It's cool to see his dogs. Just, a, just a, like the dream way to make a record. You're living on this big farm. You bring in like crushing analog gear in a, in a mobile recording type vehicle. And then just set up dirt floor. Dirt floor, a little wood stage. And I was watching it, and I sent it over to my buddy Greg Hips from the Mother Hips. There's two clips in the film. It's in the theaters right now, people. It's called Harvest Time. But there's two clips in the film where they're just, you know, just riffing, laying down like a groove to, um, you know, to find a song. And you can see Neil's just like, let's try this one here. And they're just riffing. And uh, I was going to see if I could play a second of this. I kind of recorded it shitty. But it just blew my mind, the groove. Let me see if I can get this for you here. It was so cool. Hold on here. Here we go. goes on for about five minutes on the film and it's so hypnotic 
that I was just staring at the screen and then I found myself kind of like making up my own lyrics and melodies. I was like, this, this is great. The groove was just killing me. And they're just, there's no, there's no emergency of like, there's, there's no, what are we doing? You know, that's when you got the right guys you're playing with. You know, like you just, you turn on the amps, you guys get on their instruments and Neil just starts laying down a groove and he plays it for like five minutes. Maybe he keeps going 10, 20 minutes. Nobody in that group's going to be like, hey, what are you doing, dude? Are we going to just vamp on this all fucking day? They're not doing it. They're into it. They're like, man, we're out in a barn in Northern California. We just smoked some, you know, pretty bad weed, some Acapulco gold with some seeds in it. And we're good and stoned. Uh, and Neil, we're playing with Neil fucking Young. And we're just, we're just grooving. I love the old school playing because you love to play. I do comedy because I, I love to do it, you know? I love going down to the club and trying to find the gold. And, you know, you're just looking at Neil Young, and he's just, he's just channeling in. They, they asked him where the songs came from, and he's like, I don't know, man. It's like I said before. When I was talking to somebody, I said, the jokes just kind of seem to come out of nowhere. And, and, and I said, yeah, don't they all? And that's with the songwriting also and lyrics. You got to turn on the guitars or you got you to turn on the recorder when you're working on comedy and you wait for it to come. And sometimes it might not come. And then when it does, you're like, whoa. And I was thinking about it, and I've said it over and over. You know, somebody commented, it's wild that he wrote all that stuff when he was 24 or 25. And I was like, yeah. That's when all of the great shit happens with everyone. You look at everyone, Dylan, Springsteen, uh, any band, uh, ACDC, any band you love. They were young because they didn't have any... Uh, they didn't have any walls built around their brain of like, can't do that. This is wrong. No, you know, it's just like, yeah, let's just fucking not worry about it. Let's do it. It blows my mind when people comment, can't believe they're only 24. You can't believe it? It's, uh, it's very, very rare that somebody does something uh, in the music world, monumental, deep into their career. Metallica did it. The last record was fucking smoking, deep in their career. I remember uh, Machine Head did it with that, uh, that album, the Blackening one, you know, like deep in their career. And, you know, Dylan did it. He was completely done. He was playing the fairground circuit, and then he drops Time Out of Mind years and years later. Grammys critical acclaim back into the action but it's very rare i always think like bands really their their shelf life is about 10 to 15 years and then after that they keep going because of uh you know that's their job or their that's their livelihood but the creative side of the band usually is way long gone and it's the opposite with the co uh, comedian the longer they go, 
the better they can get because they find their voice. They're living more of a life. They've had a bunch of fucking uh, experiences in their life. And then hopefully, if they're, you know, working hard, hopefully they turn that into like gold. Like look at all the comedians early on. They're, they're, you know, they're funny, but they're not great. And then years later you go, this fucking guy's killer you know so that's an interesting thing how the difference between comedy and music another bummer thing the longer bands go the less original members are in it so then it's like ah uh, you know so that's a, that's another fucking thing it's so rare like you too and uh, up until recently aerosmith like a joey kramer he's not playing with them anymore um you know I don't know, at least not right now, so we'll see. But you 2 is, is that the only band with all original members uh, that I can think of right now? But holy shit, is this, this Harvest Time film, I love when these films just come out of nowhere. You're like, what? I mean, we've all heard that Neil just has just, you know, vaults of music, and uh and now this film is out and it's just so cool to see neil he's got this uh if you're into guitars he's playing the the gretch white falcon that era he was playing the falcon you know he's not playing the les paul and his tone is just phenomenal and then he's got like a brand new martin d45 that's the one you see him play for years so there's his gear He's got about 20 old beat-up cars at his place. He's got a Jeep with no top and shit. He's just, he's just living on this giant ranch. No fucking neighbors. He's just cranking up the music. No neighbors. The barn doors are wide open. They got a microphone outside the barn. And Neil's like, you hear that? That natural reverb, that natural delay. It is... It is great. So uh, try to go see it at the theater. I wish I could see it at the theater, but I got a screener of it because they wanted me to, uh, to talk about it. And I was like, absolutely, I'll talk about it. It's one of my favorite records ever. You got that whole era, Neil Young, just multiple songs pouring out of them all through that era. It's so crazy. You know, on the beach, just record after record after record. Zuma, just great. After the gold rush, he was just killing it, man. Time fades away. This guy is just like, yeah, I think I'm going to write some songs. Unbelievable. On the Beach is definitely my favorite because uh, Harvest, I just played to death. I love Harvest. Tonight's the night, so good. I love Harvest. Harvest is my favorite Neil record, but I, I fucked myself and, and played it so much. Harvest is the ultimate singer-songwriter record. It's the blueprint for every alt-country band ever. I don't care what anybody says. If they go, oh, I'm into the Flying Burrito Brothers, like, yeah, 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 but Neil's the king. We all know Neil's the king. His outfits are dope. The original grunger with the fucking flannels 
and the uh, red wing boots and the you know just the the dirty hair it's just the guy looks you know he is look at eddie vetter looked like him for years just great remember that they did a record together crystal ball pearl jam neil young they did a record together so cool neil neil is just great I've seen Neil so many times. I, I've said it before, but my favorite Neil was that tour with the uh, the MGs, Booker T and the MGs. So anyway, try to get out there and see this movie. I think it's in the theater for like a week or something. I'm still trying to watch the Dio doc. Some people are telling me it's pretty damn good, so I'm ready to see the Dio documentary. Um, I was trying to find it last night online. You can uh, You can buy it. And I was going to buy it and watch it, but I got to make sure that I have time to watch it because I hate when you buy a movie and then the time burns up and you're like, fuck, I didn't even get to see it, you know? So I want to see the Dio film. I was uh, diving down the rabbit hole of uh, Dio Doc last night on YouTube, see if somebody had put up some uh, footage from it. And, uh, and then, you know, next thing you know, I'm just watching all kinds of Dio shit. And there was like this era where Dio... And Ozzy are battling, which, by the way, it was Ozzy's birthday a couple days ago. Happy birthday. But they're battling right around that time when uh, both records are out, Heaven and Hell and Blizzard of Oz. And, and so this guy's got Dio on the radio, and he's like, oh, right, uh, I had uh, Ozzy here last week, which is an unusual style of interviewing somebody where you just ambush him with uh, some clips of someone talking shit about you. That is just rude. But anyway, I, I had Ozzy here a couple weeks ago, and he, uh, you know, he just said some uh, stuff about you and uh, Black Sabbath, and uh, go ahead and throw the headphones on. I want you to give it a listen. <laughs> what the balls of this interviewer? Unreal. Uh, uh, here, put these headphones on. I just hear someone just trashing you. And so Dio puts him on. It's fucking crazy. And uh, Ozzy's like, oh, yeah, the, you know, they're not fucking, they're not fucking Black Sabbath, you know. They're fucking, it's bullshit. <laughs> they don't sound like me at all. You know, he's just, he's just trashing them. And uh, it's a good, like, three minutes of trashing. And then uh, it stops. And then he's like, oh, what do you think of that? And Dio's like, yeah, yeah, man, I, I get it, you know. Uh, we, we don't sound like him. We don't sound like the Black Sabbath, you know. Well, uh, you know, we, uh, we sound better, you know. Uh, that guy is lucky to have been in Black Sabbath because he doesn't write any songs. And he, you know, he doesn't write music, nothing. Without Geezer and, and Tony Iommi, he would be nowhere, so uh, he's definitely uh, uh, having success from our success of Heaven and Hell. And he's just, uh, he's just rifling Ozzy <laughs> and, and, and in a real sm smart way, too. You know, Dio's so smart. And he's just like, yeah, and, uh, you know, off, Ozzy's just a, a buffoon, really. You know, <laughs> just like subtle blasting of him. I'm like, whoa, this is some old school, like... Um, you know, the wrestling, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, fool, I'll get you in the ring, fool, 
you know? But he is destroying Ozzy. Just fucking ripping him. And then uh, the, the interviewer is kind of like, oh, okay, well, uh, congrats on uh, all your su- success. And, and Dio's like, yeah, you know, give me a call anytime you uh, need me to, uh, you know, go after other people. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to watching the Dio doc. And uh, I heard there's some good talk, a little bit of talk about the Antioch Concert Barn, their first gig, Dio Solo, uh, Holy Diver, which I saw and still remember it to this day, just mind-blowing. And uh, Dio is mind-blowing. Let's just face it. And I've said it over and over. Some people look at me like I'm crazy, but my favorite Black Sabbath is the Dio era. And Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules and that live record, Sign of the Southern Cross, this shit is insane. And his voice, I saw him on the last year he was alive with Heaven and Hell at the Greek. He sounded incredible. He was super sick, still killing it. They've got that great Music City, uh, Radio, uh, City, Radio City Music Hall concert out. And uh, holy shit, I, I wish the deal was still around, man. Because it would be cool to see that guy singing at like 80. How cool would that be? 80 years over, just holy diver, just sounding exact to the record, still at 80. It'd be fucking crazy. You know he'd sound the same. He never, he never not sounded good. Unbelievable. God, Dio, man. So, uh... I want to see the Dio doc. I'm looking forward to seeing that, and I'll see it this week. Also, congrats to Judas Priest uh, getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I had watched it the the night it happened on somebody's cell phone uh, footage, and, and I'm going to stop doing that. Because whenever you see cell phone footage of a, a concert... It's just shitty. You're either getting like the right side guitar only or you're, or you're getting uh, just some bass or the vocals sound weird or whatever. But I was like, oh, man, yeah, uh, this, this doesn't sound that good, like an idiot. And then I watched him on the, uh, the professional um, presentation and holy shit, Priest crushed it. They crushed it. They're in an interesting. Uh, they're in an interesting state right now because a lot of people saw KK Downing there. They were loving it, and uh, Richie was rocking right next to him. And you get to that point now. Do do they play the last card? They're on the fifty-year anniversary tour right now. Do they play the last card of KK's back? for an explosion of one more run of tickets. I wouldn't be surprised if that was going on right behind closed doors, you know? Because, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a card that the band could play and jump back up into some bigger venues. We will see, but they were killing it. Eminem killed it. I love Eminem. I love Eminem. Always loved him. He just is one of the most insane rappers ever. I couldn't even believe Eminem on there. He's just on there. 
Just lightning speed rapping. Lightning speed. Just It was fucking crazy good. And that eight mile film, go back and watch it again. Eight mile is just like a modern day Rocky. It's all the formula of Rocky, but with some street and uh, uh, hip hop in there. It's just, it's great. Watch Rocky, then watch Eight Mile, and you'll just have a great day. You'll be out fucking running around in the neighborhood in a sleeveless sweatshirt, just throwing air punches, you know? Dun, 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 dun. You got one shot. Dun, dun, dun. You're out there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> The Priest and uh, Eminem, Pat Benatar, fucking my boy, Eurythmics, so great. And uh, Duran Duran, all these people have been on the uh, podcast. I watch and I go, fucker, I had these guys in the living room, some of them, you know? That blows my mind. Doing a podcast that I book on my own, no one helping, you know? I'm like, I can't believe that guy, Dave Stewart, he was on my fucking couch the day he knew he was going in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Eurythmics just, I guess they're going to do a tour, something like 125 million bucks they're getting. Give it all. Give them all the money. They got so many hits. It's going to be great. Uh, shout out, new Patreoners. Philip Ellis, thank you for joining the Patreon. Very cool. Lorenzo, thank you for joining the podcast. Or the podcast, the Patreon. And Adam, just one name, Adam. And uh, Adam's my man there that uh, is my eyewear uh, master. He knows all kinds of uh, eyewear knowledge. Thank you all for uh, getting in on there. Hold on, let me take let me take a look here at some other patrons. If you have not joined the Patreon, I have um, what do I got? Like a hundred and let me see here, thirty six bonus episodes on the Patreon, and. Uh, and then I do a live Zoom with them here and there every other week or so. Join the Patreon. Hear all the bonus episodes. It's, uh, I love the Patreon. All the Patreoners out there are so cool. They're so into the uh, bonus episodes. That's what I love, putting that out there. What else we got? New Patreoners. I got some, uh, I like to shout out the deleted pa uh, Patreoners too, people that left but supported. Darren Kapalong, thank you. Elisa Sheehan, Alex Lazoya, and Robert LaRocca. Sorry you had to go, but I get it. At least you uh, stopped by the Patreon for a while, and thank you so much. Can you imagine somebody like, you, you quit the fucking Patreon, you fucking piece of shit can you imagine someone like that just angry not not appreciative of uh somebody you know helping you along maybe they're down and out a little bit uh inflation maybe they lost their job or whatever and you're out there fucking scolding them 
I love you all, man. If you're on the Patreon once or you listen to the podcast once or you came to a show, thank you. All of you are great. The only people that suck are the one that tweet when you come into Philly when I was just there. Those are the only people that suck in the business. <laughs> Those are the only ones that make you go fucking crazy. Anyway, all good out there. Thank you, new Patreoners. Uh, last thing here, I went to the auto show last week because I was excited to uh, see some of the new cars. This year, man, holy shit, are some of the, uh, the car companies just killing it. And it's so funny to think how I was excited to go to the auto show and see the Prius, the new Prius. <laughs> That's what age I am, 57. I'm like, man. The new Prius is kind of sweet. I, 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 do, I do that as a bit. I'm like, yeah, the new Honda Civic's kind of sweet. Because that just came out of my mouth one day. And I was like, what the fuck did I just say? But uh, the new Prius is unreal. It looks like a better Tesla 3. So immediately I, I was like, I need to go see that. And I need to go see Hyundai. Who, who the fuck am I? I'm talking about Hyundai. Now, I go to the auto show every year with Byron Bowers, uh, a comedian and good friend of mine and a car freak like myself. And, and then sometimes Marcus Price goes and Ian Edwards. And we have the time of our life, which, by the way, happy late birthday to Byron Bowers. We go every year on his birthday. This year, we couldn't work it out because I was on the road, then he was on the road. But... Um, I remember about five years ago, I was at the LA Auto Show with Ian Edwards, and we walked up to this car that looked like a Mercedes, just primo leather interior, amazing shape, uh, like teak wood dash, crushing big screens, and we we're like, God, this new Mercedes is sick, and the guy goes, no, that's a Hyundai. I was like, what? Hyundai? And then we looked at the price, and we're like, 50000 <laughs> 50000 for a Hyundai? But I'll tell you what, that was five years ago, and Hyundai is so fucking far ahead of a lot of the car companies now. And their Ionic 6 and the Ionic 5, I drove the Ionic 5, it was unbelievable. And the 6 looks like some crushing Audi. And I believe they snatched the Audi designer. Either them or Kia uh, snatched an, an Audi do because these companies, they're crushing it for about $32,000 to $40,000. You can get a car that would be easily $125,000 if it was Mercedes or BMW. It's just so good. The interiors are unreal. The paint jobs are crushing. The colors, the rims, and the screens, the sound systems, everything. And it's, it's blowing my mind what's going on out there. The auto world is just getting better and better and better. The older we get, the better the cars get. I love the Defender 90s. I love the... Uh, the Ionic, I hated the new Mustang. They ruined the Mustang. It looks like a Camaro now, exact. 
Back in the day, Camaro and Firebird were the same, you know? Pontiac and Chevy, they'd just be the same car with different stickers. But now, Mustang, who their cars in the last five years looked fucking unbelievable, now just look like, it looks like a shitty Camaro. I, I, I can't stand the Camaro. And now the Mustang looks like the Camaro. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? This car looks horrible. I think they call it the black horse or the dark horse. Oh my God, it was so funny, the presentation. Ford welcomes the dark horse. And then they just do this ridiculous video and shit. That's so funny. Subaru, still no, um, no electric Outback. But when Subaru goes full electric Outback, that's going to be the hottest car on the market, I think. Because the Outback is a great, great car. Uh, but we need an electric or at least hybrid, like a full uh, hybrid Outback. Anyway, the new Prius uh, Prime, the Prime one, knocked me out. But no one, look, don't get me wrong. These are just, I'm just saying, great, great cars. You can drive them around and uh, you're not going to get followed home and robbed. But you're going to be in this crushing car. That'd be horrible if you got robbed in your uh, Hyundai because the dudes mistaked it for a Mercedes. <laughs> They're like, let's follow this guy home. He's loaded. Look at this Mercedes he's driving. They follow you home. You pull up to your one-bedroom apartment in Sherman Oaks, right? And they're like, what the fuck? They're even fooled. Even the criminals are fooled by the, uh, the Hyundai looking Mercedes. Anyway, don't get me wrong. I'm loving these cars, but everyone knows I'm a Porsche freak. I absolutely love Porsche. And this year they smoked it. I'm talking beyond with the 911 Dakar. It's an off-road 911. It's raised nine inches. It has knobbies. And people are like, well, well you're not going to take it off-road. Well, I don't know where you live, but everywhere I've been in America lately, the highways and the, the town roads and the city roads are just shit. So if you're in a nice Porsche low to the ground, it's just and scraping. The nose scrapes on speed bumps. The nose scrapes when you pull into driveways. Just the nose scrapes on my Prius everywhere I go. Now you got this car. There's only fucking, I think, 2,500 made or 1,500. I don't know minimal and they're 250 grand so it doesn't even matter but if you had big paper i would get the porsche 911 dakar in the chalk they had it in chalk there with a houndstooth interior and those knobbies man you could just drive around the city no longer worrying about speed bumps or any kind of just like just fucking motoring it and then they released a uh, new 911T, which was unbelievable. And then they got the Taycan, uh, what was it, OutTrack or Tracker or something? It was like an, it was a off-road Taycan electric with a tent on the roof and shit. I don't think there's anything more baller. There would be nothing more baller. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking say this right now. Then 
having the amount of money to where you could get a Taycan or a Dakar, Porsche, drive out the Joshua tree, pull up to the campsite and just whip your rooftop fucking tent up and you're just out camping in a $250,000 You are not going to outball that. No one's going to be able to beat that. Can you imagine you roll up in your fucking Toyota Corolla and you're setting your tent up out at Joshua Tree and your mushrooms are just kicking in, just a slight mushroom. And then here comes this guy in a 911 with, with knobbies, like, you know, off-road tires. And he pulls up next to you and just, boop, tent pops up. <laughs> You're just like, am I tripping or what? I mean, that is just baller. First of all, somebody that has 250000 to spend on a car, to see him go camping would be crazy. I don't think rich people camp. I, I mean, I don't camp. I, I do some glamping. And like when I go to Yosemite now, I got to stay in the, uh, in the Iwani or the, uh, what's, what's the other one I stay at? Yosemite, I don't know, is it the village? Fucking born and raised there, I can't even remember. Brain doesn't work like I want it to. Um, anyway, I don't camp, so I, I, I can't imagine a rich person camping. I don't think I've ever seen it. Just some fucking super baller. Out of Joshua Tree. <laughs> I mean, that's why those zillion-dollar Airbnbs were invented out there in Joshua Tree, because rich people don't camp. That's a good bumper sticker. Rich people don't camp. Anyway, Porsche just crushed it. The 718's amazing. All their colors are amazing. Everything about it. Unreal. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Migos Dog. If you've got a dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, do not feed it anything other than Migos. You want that pet to be around for a long time. Gertie loves Migos. I feed her the duck. Uh, I feed her the salmon. They've got chicken also, and they got beef coming out. They've also got toppers you can put on top of the dry food that you might have for your dog, but... Do not feed your dog stuff that you don't know what it is. Migos dog is 100% human grade food. You know, it's, it's not garbage. Migosdog.com or follow them on Instagram. They deliver all over LA or you can get it at Healthy Spot or any Air One. Also, episode is brought to you by Standard and Strange. My one-stop shop for getting all my clothing, my denim, my leather, my boots, everything, all at Standard & Strange, New York, Berkeley, and New Mexico, or standardandstrange.com. Go in there, tell them I sent you, or call them and tell them I sent you. They ship anywhere around the world. Ask for Neil or Jeremy. Get yourself some beautiful boots or an incredible pair of denim i've been wearing these momotaros now for almost two years they are just the perfect denim standardandstrange.com okay one last thing before we get out of here um 
What was I going to tell you guys? Fuck, I forgot. I was just going to bring it up. Oh, I'm going to see The Smile with Kevin Christie. And uh, that's Johnny and uh, Tom York from Radiohead's uh, sideband. And I am looking forward to this. I've said it before. I don't really go to concerts anymore because I just want to do comedy. But I will go to concerts that are special things that I, I don't get to see all the time. Uh, say a yeah, yeah, yes, or Radiohead, or Tool, or, uh, you know, The Smile. I'm going to see that. But I'm looking forward to seeing The Smile. Their record is incredible. And holy shit, these guys, uh, you know, they could, to me, they can just do no wrong. Radiohead is just unreal. Tom York's unreal. Johnny is unreal. It's, it's, Perfect, perfect music. So I'm looking forward to seeing the smile. They're going out on tour, and uh, Kevin Christie and I are going to go see him. And then maybe we'll do a little uh, episode on talking about the smile. Also, Kevin Christie is full-blown metalhead now. Way deep into Priest and uh, Merciful Fate. And I love it. He calls me up like, dude, I'm loving screaming for vengeance. So great when somebody discovers metal later in life. You got to just love that. So anyway, shout out to all of you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode today, solo episode. I hope you have a great week and uh, hope to see you out there at some shows. DeanDelRay.com. Got the Gertie merch. We can send it for Christmas right away. And also the tour dates. Oh, one last thing, man. I almost fucking forgot. The Bon Scott Bash. Tickets are on sale right now. Bon Scott Bash, you can go to my website and get the tickets, deandelray.com. What a lineup we got. Just added somebody. I, uh, I don't want to mention it yet because uh, I'm just waiting for it to be 100%, but we've added some more people on the bill. But it is Bill Burr doing comedy. I'll be doing comedy, and then we'll both be doing the tribute to Bon Scott, Burr on some drums. Steve Gorman from the Black Crows on some drums. Scott Holiday from Rival Sons playing some guitar. Scott Ian from Anthrax on guitar. Mike Inez playing the bass all night from Allison Chains. Larry Lur from Primus. He'll be rocking some SG action. Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Mr. Bungle and Testament and uh, Misfits. He's rocking some drums. Billy Rowe from Buck Cherry Jet Boy. Brad Wilk. The king of the groove on some drums. Rage Against the Machines fucking funky drummer. And Josh Z. January 10th, 2023 at the Avalon, 7 p.m. A few VIP tickets left. And uh, get them right away. Because I don't want you guys to go, oh, it's sold out. It's going to sell out. That's just the honest truth. It's sold out every fucking year. And then people go, dude, I didn't get a ticket. It's like, it's sold out. Sorry. Get your tickets, deandelray.com. And uh, I love you all. Candles lit. <laughs>